1380 KCIM Sports presents KCIM Sports Rewind. A look back at the week in high school sports. Brought to you by St. Anthony Rehab Services. Here's sports director Jeff Blankman, John Ryan, and Jeff Honnold. All right, lots of postseason to cover here today on KCIM Sports Rewind. We're going to be talking about the girls and boys basketball playoffs, plus a lot of wrestling to talk about with uh, sports director Jeff Blankman. Again, our... uh, KCIM Sports Rewind is brought to you by St. Anthony's Sports Performance Program. No matter what your age, from junior high to adult, they've got a power and strength program that can benefit you. It's an eight-week workout program, 794-5241, so you can be your best preseason, in-season, or, like the rest of us adults, permanent (laughs) off-season. I don't remember the last time I was in season. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we're well past our primes, but, you know, we can still talk about kids in their primes. Yes. So speaking of that, uh, let's talk about the weather, first of all. Got some issues going on out there today, and there's a number of schools that have called off school for the day. Coon Rapids Baird is one of them, Audubon, Peyton, Sherdan. We got some teams on the road tonight, so again, we're waiting to hear word on all of those games. Yeah, talked with uh, Corey Meyer through text here just a moment ago, the head coach down at Coon, he said they're planning on playing unless the state calls it off. Of course, they're taking on West Harrison uh, over at Denison Sleswig mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, we'll have that game covered for everybody on 93.7 KKRL. Um, and then, of course, South Central Calhoun scheduled to play Roland Story up at Webster City. And from what I understood, Webster City has called schooled off for today. Yeah, strangest um, thing. I got a phone call. I picked it up this morning. It was an automated message from from Webster City, of all places, <laughs> telling me they canceled. I'm like, I really don't report on that, but uh, I thought it was interesting that yeah, that, that we actually had a game tonight in Webster City. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I've got a message out to Coach Clark and, and stuff, and, and we'll see. Um, I, I think we're – I'm hoping that this afternoon is better and that by the time everybody has to get on the road, things will be in better shape and, and we'll be able to get those games in. You know, I, I think for the kids and, and for the coaches, you prepare and you kind of get mentally ready to go. And even for us, you know, you're, 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 you've got things scheduled. I've got my guys scheduled who are going to be out tonight and who's coming in to run games, and you just kind of hope that the weather clears up enough that we can get those games in today. Yeah, we'll see about that. Once again, we'll go through the day today, and again, if you want announcements, all the latest is updated continuously on our website and the mobile app, so go to 1380kcim.com for all of that. It's under the news section. So uh, with that said, uh, we're going to talk a little state wrestling coverage. 13 kids. Uh, started out the tournament. He had six advanced to Saturday. Uh, that's a great number. It is, absolutely. Most that I can recall in, in my 19 years of covering state wrestling here uh, for Carroll Broadcasting, that's the, that's the most that we've ever had um, wrestling on, on Saturday, whether it be Saturday morning, afternoon, or, the of course, the championship session at night. Even getting 12 of the 13 through uh, you know Thursday and into Friday mm-hmm. um, was, was absolutely outstanding. The Carroll Tigers got all four of theirs through. Um, Kemper got all theirs through. Uh, Esac Audubon got theirs through. South Central Calhoun got two of their three wrestlers through. Um, the young man that, who didn't qualify for Friday ended up wrestling two ranked kids. Um, so had a pretty tough route to be able to get through. Wrestled well, uh, but just came up mm-hmm. a little bit short. But yeah, what a, a great atmosphere down there as always. And just a great job. I, I talked with a couple of the coaches about it down there. The intensity that our local kids came out with, uh, especially um, 
you know, for a Thursday afternoon or through the, the first round consolation. So we did have a few wrestlers that you could tell it was their first time down there, maybe came out a little tentative in mm-hmm. that first match, had some really good opponents that they were going up against and ended up dropping that first match of the day. Um, so they would flip to what you call the backside, the consolation side. But, man, when they came out on that side, did they come out and they were the aggressors uh, and they went for it, and, and that's the reason why we got 12 of 13 through. You know, that's one thing. I, I sat there and watched a lot of the video interviews you did afterwards. These kids, uh, the, the cerebral part of the, uh, the game plan, yes. certainly sticking with them. They understood exactly what happened in their opening matches, what they needed to correct. When you were talking to them, it was like talking to one of the coaches. It was, yeah. yeah you know, the wrestlers really know what they're talking about. They understand the strategy. I, I kind of chuckle because uh, Jeff Honnold, uh, who helped Bill Kane with you know our coverage on our YouTube channel down there, um, said something to me last week. He's like, hey, can you email the coaches and kind of get what you know their thoughts are on their first round opponent and and, and a little background on you know because some of their opponents are not from this area and yeah. if you've never seen them wrestle it's hard to know so I did send out those emails I, I always chuckle because I've covered the state tournament enough to know um, generally you get back uh, the comment of we don't know much about them. We're going to do what we do, and that's that's what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. they don't know much. But then you talk to them afterwards, and they have a strategy because they know exactly what that other wrestler wants to do. But they're they're a little superstitious, so they don't like to talk about what the strategy <laughs> is. You know, they're almost worse than baseball guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 don't want to talk about what they need to do and what the strategy is ahead of time. They want to just say we're going to go out and wrestle and do what we do, and then afterwards they'll tell you, well, no, we we know he likes to ride. We know he likes to fight with hands we know he likes to go at legs they'll tell you all of the things that you wanted to know ahead of time yeah. you know because it makes your broadcast a little bit more interesting if you know the type of wrestler your wrestler is going up against well and that's the one sport where everybody you're in the same weight class you know yep. you can see what everybody's evenly matched yes. at that point it's all a matter of technique and strategy how you want to go about it what you're what you like to do yeah exactly so i think that's that's the perfect uh, you know <laughs> equate equate uh, Equator and, and all of that, all of that. So, uh, you know. It all comes down to strategy and wrestling. It does. It does. And, and and I think some of it comes down as well to, you know, aggressiveness, not wrestling tight. Um, and you don't want to you don't want to worry about making that mistake because sometimes uh, when you're at that level down at the state, one little slip up and you can end up on your back, and and that can be the end for you in that match. So you you've got to wrestle wrestle cautiously at the same time. You've got to be the aggressor out on the mat. The guy that's backing away all the time is probably not going to be the guy or the gal that's going to advance on. Now, Carol, of course, they moved down to 2A this year. Uh, I thought it was a huge advantage for them to be that first session. Yes. Get it out of the way. Get going early in the state tournament so you don't have to sit around and wait all day because the 1A session was the last one of the night. Yes. So so we had those four Carol High wrestlers. They got to go early, not sit around and let the nerves get to them. And, and you know, in talking with some of the 1A coaches, um, I think every – Buddy wants to be in that first session of the day mm-hmm. because they look at it like it's a Saturday tournament. Uh, you know, there used to be an up early, getting weighed in. You go right into it, you wrestle. Um, you know, when you have to sit around all day, yeah, it's it's similar to maybe what you do on a you know a Tuesday night or a Thursday night when you have got some duels, but it's such a different setup because it's more like a weekend tournament how yeah. things are played out. But instead of it, it's being like the best of the best. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that you've got to sit around and wait for. So that just that anticipation grows and grows and grows. Yeah, I I wonder you know because most of the teams. Come Come down the night before, you know, stay overnight in a hotel. What do you end up doing, you know, because if I'm going to be in a hotel all day with nothing 
going on until the night. I'm old. I'm probably laying around watching TV, mm-hmm. drinking pop. You know, I, I know the wrestlers aren't doing those kind of things. But what do you do to keep them active and keep them moving? I'm sure they come down to the Wells Fargo Arena, probably try to mill around, spend a little bit of time down there. But you're going back and forth. It would mm-hmm. be hard to figure out exactly what the right ploy is and plan to be able to keep everybody loose and ready to go at night. Yeah, and that's that's on the coaches. They've got to know how long their kids need to prepare because you can't prepare a kid at 9 o'clock in the morning expect that to be the same intensity at, at 8 o'clock at night. Yes. You know, you've got to build up to that intensity. It can only yep. stay at that level for a certain amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. So, But, no, tremendous time down there. Um, as you mentioned, six guys getting through uh, until um, Saturday. Friday was a little bit rough. Um, we ended up bouncing back a little bit on Friday night. Carol only got Sterling Rodman through on Saturday. They had some really tough matchups uh, in in their second round consolation matches uh, and, and even Kel Nelson in his quarterfinal and then his second round consolation uh, as he had advanced through on the front side uh, winning his first match um, but uh, getting five guys through that night including Blake McAllister, uh, Jaden Sword, Cal Wanniger all advancing into the semifinals was huge um, and, and then watching what those guys were able to do for Cal Wanniger to get into the uh, semifinals, ended up falling in that semifinal round match, but came up with a big win over another one of our local guys in Jaden Sword, who had beaten him twice earlier this year. And it was interesting talking with Cal. He was just flat exhausted afterwards and talking with his coaches. The strategy, you talked about it, you know, they knew exactly what Sword had done to them in the first two meetings this season. Um, They came up with a game plan to be able to try to counter those things and go after him in a different way, and and it paid off. Cal got the early takedown, gained some confidence, um, and and out-wrestled Sword. Kind of had Jaden maybe a little off of his game by maybe the early part of the second period. Uh, and Jaden never really fully recovered. Now, he bounced back well after that uh, and finished out the tournament extremely well, and, and it was interesting in talking with him later in the night because um, one of the things that I didn't really do is this, if a guy lost a match and had another one coming up, usually it was within 45 minutes to an hour that they'd have to wrestle again. And, and if you know wrestlers, when mm-hmm. they lose, they don't really like to have to talk. That's it's, <laughs> it's, it's a tough thing for them and stuff. So I waited and I would interview them after their second match of the day. So when I caught up with Jaden, we talked about the Cal matchup and he talked about you know being equal wrestlers and having beaten him twice and how hard it is to beat a guy that's as good as you are a third time uh, in a season, and he felt like that caught him a little bit, uh, but uh, bounced back really, really well and finished out well. Cal had a great tournament, ends up taking fourth overall. I'm really proud of that young man and, and what he's put in and getting down to state in his first time and, and the way he wrestled down there, and then I tip my cap to Blake McAllister. What a tremendous family. Uh, what a tremendous young man. Um, you know, last year met Cade Tennold uh, from Don Bosco in the championship match and, you know, stuck with it through about the first period and a half. And then Tennold got an advantage and, and kind of dominated it from there on. The two of them met over at uh, the Herb Ergren's tournament over at uh, Ida Grove um, this season. And Tennold again kind of handled that matchup fairly well. Uh, I talked to uh, one of the officials down there at the state tournament who was actually officiating that match. Um, over at uh, Ida Grove earlier this season, and he's like, yeah, Tennold was definitely in control from the get-go. You didn't get that sense on Saturday night in that 170-pound championship match. Um, it was a scoreless first period. Tennold tried to get in on Blake a couple of times and tried to overpower him. Uh, Blake fought it off really well, didn't give up anything. 
eventually did give up two in the in the second period but got an escape uh, to make it two to one and then had to start on the bottom um, for the third period and Tyndall you got to give him credit did a terrific job of writing got a hold of the hands and the wrists didn't really let Blake get free uh, Blake tried to, to roll out and, and get free and get that escape to tie it um, at the final 30 some seconds was able to get really close came really close um, but just could not quite get the escape as Tyndall was able to hold on and then picked up a hard-fought two-to-one victory. That was by far the toughest match that Tenold had uh, the entire uh, run to that state championship. So I tip my cap to Blake for going out and executing that strategy really well. And, and the emotion, we talked about yeah. how guys – that you know they don't want to lose and 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 Blake had done everything he had from the time he was young on to try and win a state championship and got there twice in a row into the championship match and and this year he really felt like it was his year and and came up just a little short but uh, you know it probably was 20 25 minutes after he wrestled that we were able to catch up with him you know cuz you want to give those guys time to mm. kind of recover from a match like that and and uh, had a nice conversation with him and just uh, appreciate him giving us the time because it was not an easy it was not an easy interview to have to do yeah i tell you what, even the kids that that had drop matches i mean they, they had nothing but respect for the kids that that yep. had beat them They're like yep they did this they took advantage of that so uh yeah it was it was it was great coverage love the live the video interviews with the kids i did want to mention i, I want to talk about everybody out there that what it takes to cover the state <laughs> wrestling tournament the number of hours you guys put in over those three days was insane so give us a little rundown day by day of what when your day starts and when it ended. Well, I, I, I'm sure that, you know, Jeff Honnold and Jeff Storyhan were probably, you know, Jeff wasn't down there, Storyhan wasn't down there till Thursday evening because uh, of his full-time job, but um, they probably get a little uh, a little frustrated with me because I'm that guy that we have to be there really early because I want to get set up just in case there's a problem. If anybody you know. didn't know, Jeff Blankman is a first-in-the-gym guy, last <laughs> out-of-the-gym guy. I know every, I know every janitor around because I'm usually in the gym with them at the end of the night but I, yeah i bet so yeah but that i mean and that's just for the broadcast side of things i'm sure athletic wise too but uh yeah just for the for the broadcast wise that that's how you operate yeah our day started the alarm would go off about 6 15 in the morning uh, and get up get ready go down and grab a quick bite to eat at the hotel um we'd get to the arena by 7 45 um get again in. this is an hour and 15 minutes before the uh, before the first matches match. you know you get in you find your broadcast area on that first day you get set up um I made the mistake if Honold was here, he'd call me out. I did. I packed all of the equipment we would need for wrestling in one bag, and I get to the hotel Wednesday night, and don't ask me why I didn't need to do it. I opened up that bag, started <laughs> digging through to make sure I had everything, didn't put everything back in, and the broadcast unit that we needed to be able to feed the audio into our coverage um, got unpacked and not put back in the bag. So I get to the arena on Thursday morning. I'm setting all the equipment up, and I look at Honold, and I'm like, hey, was there a black bag that had the broadcast? cash unit laying in the back of the vehicle and he goes nope we grabbed everything why and I'm like it's not in the bag and like it's at the hotel here's the keys go (laughs) this is like at five after eight he literally rolls back in. They were doing a moment of silence as he walks into the arena, hands me the bag. During the national anthem, I'm hooking up the equipment. 
I flip it on as the anthem go, ends, and I say, you guys are on. <laughs> and literally, they're on the air. They're, they're yeah. broadcasting. We didn't have time to test anything, you know, all that, and that's on me. So I ended up sprinting down the hallway about a quarter of a mile, getting on the elevator, got down. I had a guy wrestling on the first, you know, first set of match, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff. Draylon Schweitzer from Carroll. So I got down there about the end of the first period for him and, and watched him wrestle, and then we worked on, got through text messages with you and Tyler Bruner kind of worked on, you know, getting things repaired and, and getting it sounding right and stuff like that, but uh, able to get through that. But you ask about the days, we did get a little bit of time off during the 3A session, so we ran down to a place and, and grabbed something to eat. So that back. first session was 9 a.m. to noon? 9 a.m. till about 12.15, yep. Okay. And, then, and then we grabbed a quick bite to eat somewhere, came back, I wrote up all of my stories and everything, and, and, and we, we got ready for the second session, but I posted all of my recap stories for the Brinks Exterior Sports Report. So we were back to the arena probably by 1.30 or so. Um, ended up getting back to the hotel that night at about a little after 10 o'clock. Um, I think I called it quits at about 2.45 that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the alarm went off again at 6.15 and, and things started over. Friday there was not was, really a gap. It was, it was just a short 20-hour day. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Friday there wasn't much of a gap. We had about an hour so we ran and grabbed a quick bite to eat and then hustled. Literally went and grabbed food, ate it and was mm-hmm. right back to the arena. and concessions Dan Day. Yeah, Friday night was, uh, I think Friday night I got to bed between 1 and one thirty, so that wasn't too bad. And then Saturday we, we got an extra hour because it didn't start till 10 o'clock on Saturday. And then you get that yeah. long break. So Saturday wasn't a, a bad day. You can end up, you know, I think we were done by 2 o'clock. I wrote my stories. We were headed to lunch by 3, back in the arena by a little after 5 o'clock, so. And then finally wrapped up with the championship match because yeah. you did the whole last session. We did. We did. Um, we didn't actually do play-by-play of all of the championship matches. We, of course, did that for Blake McAllister as I went down to the match. Jeff Honnold called it. But um, we just kind of talked about how the event went. We, we tried to keep everybody up to date on what was going on on all three of the championship matches at one time. You know, So it was like, oh, here's a takedown here and so and so. Mm-hmm. We tried to focus in a lot on our local and area kids. We had kids from Underwood, Missouri Valley, Loma, Atlanta. Atlantic wrestling, you know, four state championships, and those, of course, are our conferences that we cover and stuff, so we were trying to do a little bit of more of a thorough job covering the matches that those guys were in. So that wraps up state wrestling. What was about 40 hours in about three days, maybe? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's the insanity of what goes into that that kind of coverage for the state wrestling tournament. And I do want to thank, we did it the other night when we wrapped up, but again, want to thank all of our sponsors. Um, we yeah. wouldn't be able to go down and do these things. People don't realize just for me to be able to get the four guys that we credentialed in the door was pretty much 400 bucks. And mm-hmm. then you have to pay for an internet system down there, you know, you know hotel to put us up, you know, meals, it, it's, meals. It, it, it's an expensive foray for us to go down there and put on the kind of coverage that we did. So if it wasn't for the sponsors, we wouldn't get a go um, and, and there wouldn't be coverage uh, and stuff. So we, we appreciate them. And then I want to give uh, Jeff Hondold and, and Bill Kane a, a, a huge shout out for doing the play by play and coverage uh, and being live through the entire 1A and 2A sessions Thursday and Friday. Uh, and then, of course, Saturday as well. Um, you know, Bill Gross came out and checked on us a couple of times to make sure we didn't need any help. And then Jeff Storyhan coming down. And thanks to Jeannie Kirkhoff for sponsoring him to be able to come down and shoot pictures for us to get yeah. those great photos that he does. So I appreciate the help that all of those guys give. Thanks to you for helping us out, get the sound figured out on Thursday. Yeah. And thanks to Tyler Bruner for kind of help putting everything together. Tyler was holding down the ship back here too, uh, along yes. with a lot of basketball. So yeah, he felt the stress of uh, he did. <laughs> you got all the rest of the sports aside from the wrestling action. 
action going on yep. down there. So it, it was, it's crazy. It's insane. If, and some people be like, well, you're just talking with that. Okay, go do a 20-hour day where you've got to focus in on one thing and concentrate on that all day. It is exhausting. It is. And with eight mats going on at once, we had three, at one point we had Cooper Nielsen, Jaden Sword, and Cal Wanniger all on the mats at one time. You're trying to broadcast three different matches all at one time. It's it's not easy. No. I, you know, I've been on the broadcast side of it for you know for all of these years, and then this year I went down to the mats to get the interviews. But uh, yeah, not an easy thing to do to be able to stay focused like that. So now the wrestlers just need to come to the All Star Rewind All Star Game, right? Yes, which is coming up Sunday, March uh, the whatever that is, March the eighth. March the 6th. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, March the 6th. <laughs> good good vision, by the way. You're looking yeah. at the small numbers on the chart. I am. Um, yeah. Just, you just passed your ophthalmology test. I did. <laughs> and it, for the first time maybe in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we got to move on to some basketball action, so we're going to do that coming up next here on KCIM Sports Rewind. But uh, Carol Lumber, they want to remind you they've just got a huge truckload of number one really good-looking railroad ties. This is great stuff for feedlots, landscaping, fence posts, and more. So uh, Carol Lumber, they are your distributor for used high Highway guard rail as well. Lots of other fencing supplies and options. So if it's fencing you need or even landscaping issues, they've got everything you need. Carroll Lumber, they've got locations all around the listening area. They're not only here in Carroll, but they're also in Wall Lake, Lakeview, and Odebolt. So stop on by. Number one, railroad ties. They've got uh, everything else used highway guard rail. For fencing, landscaping, and more, make it Carroll Lumber. As the athletes at your house prepare for hard work and fun of the season, remember that St. Anthony Rehab Services provides physical therapy for any sports injury that may sideline your member of the team. Sports injuries can plague kids of all ages and keep them from playing the sport they love. Athletes will be under the direct supervision of a certified and licensed healthcare professional in the newly renovated sports performance facility. If an injury is keeping your athlete out of the game, call St. Anthony Rehabilitation Services at 794-5000 for sports injury and treatment rehab. It's KCIM Sports Rewind. Sports Director Jeff Blankman uh, in after putting on about 40 hours uh, of work in Friday, Saturday, and or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep. I mean, that's all? Come on. Um, <laughs> now you got back to basketball. Last night yeah. we were with the Carroll Tigers, and we're going to get to that boys game coming up here in a minute, but let's revert back to the girls here for a minute. Uh, a couple of teams that were still alive, Audubon and South Central Calhoun, were in action. Was it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. Uh, Audubon, uh, you feel for them. Darren Miller put together a tremendous year this year. Uh, great group of seniors. Um, I, I'm going to say this. I wish there would be a year that our 1A schools didn't end up having to try and go through New Afon to, mm-hmm. um, to get down to the state tournament to keep their run. That Audubon team this year was really good. That was a special group of kids, uh, but they ran into New Alfonda up at New Alfonda on Friday night. And this is nothing against New Alfonda. They're, that's a tremendous yeah. program, great coaching staff. There's they're a just, reason. There's there, a reason why. Avoid them. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why I'd like to see our teams not have to try and go through New Alfonda once because they're they're a state contender for the state championship, not just to get to the state tournament, but a state championship contender every single year, ranked number one again this year. It would just be nice to see, you know, our teams maybe get sent to a different region once and, and not have to try and mm-hmm. go through a new Alfonda. But uh, tip my cap to the Audubon girls and the season they had this year and, and the great run. You had Aaliyah Hermanson and J.C. Christensen breaking all-time records down there and becoming all-time rebounders and all-time scorers and 
all that in Ottoman history. So that says a lot about how good that team was. South Central Calhoun advances. I know a lot of people with West Hancock being a ranked team um, and ranked above them uh, at home felt that uh, you know the Titans would have a, a tough test to be able to get through, and they didn't. They went up and dominated that game uh, from the get-go. Nick Brinks was calling it for us, and he was tweeting at me during the you know the game on that Friday night. So as I was trying to follow my wrestling matches, I was checking my phone constantly for tweets from him and Tyler on that Audubon New Alfonda game, and, and South Central was flat dominant. Um, they'll have another big test coming up. They play Wednesday night up at Esterville Lincoln Central against Sibley O'Sheedon. Uh, both teams are going to come into that game uh, like 18 and 19 five uh, on the season. So uh, both teams are really good teams. Uh, but that's for the chance to go down to the State Girls Basketball Tournament next week. Um, so this should be a lot of fun. Should be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to that one on Wednesday night. Yeah, this Titans girls team is one you've been high on all year long. You've been uh, yeah. talking about how good and how special they can be. Uh, you weren't surprised they won on Friday night, but you were shocked at the way they won. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, did not anticipate close to a 20-point game most of that game, you know, and, and kind of running away and hiding, but um, they seem to be hitting their stride here late in the season. This has been a very, very good team all season long. Um, got off to a really good start, had a little bit of a snag kind of the middle part of the mm-hmm. season uh, and has bounced back. Riley Bata has been fantastic for him. Kylie Schleichman has been fantastic. Emma Anderson does what she does, and that's not put up a lot of stats in the stat book, but do so many small things. Sayer Steig has taken her game to another level. Uh, Addison Koroleski playing with a broken bone in her foot and going out and fighting through the pain every game and helping out. Um, they've gotten some great play off of their bench as well. Chloe Judish had a big game for them the other night to start. Had like eight uh, of their first 12 or 14 points to get them rolling early. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to see them tomorrow or on Wednesday night. Yeah, tomorrow night. Flip around, talk about the boys. South Central still alive in the boys' playoffs. Uh, they are scheduled to go to Webster City tonight, as we mentioned. Webster City does not have school today. They have called that off. Uh, South Central Calhoun still has school. Yep. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with those later on. But break down tonight's game and, and the fact that the Titans are in this matchup. Yeah, this Titan team has been really special all season long. They're starting five, and I and I would throw Antonio Sanders into that, kind of give him a starting six, is, is, is really, really good. Um, they rebound the basketball extremely well. They share the basketball extremely well. They shoot the three well. Um, Joshua Dietrich and then Sanders, when he's in the game, they give him rebounding and scoring inside. Dietrich, a terrific player defensively inside as well. Um, there's not many weaknesses to this team. I, I think the one thing that I've noticed at times this year is they're such a good three-point shooting team. But you either live by it or you die by it. And there are games that they don't shoot it well. And and, then sometimes in some of those games, they've continued to shoot those instead of trying. As I've always said, it doesn't have to be that Josh Dietrich shoots it every single time. Mm -hmm. But when you're struggling from the outside, I think he needs to touch it inside the paint and give him that opportunity. Because what may happen is is he may draw the defense in and then you get a better look from the three-point line. Or you get a cut to the basket and he'll find you. You get to the free-throw line, maybe you get your stroke back. Some of the threes start to go. So they sometimes get a little dependent on that three-point shot, but they shoot it really, really well. But there's not much for weaknesses. Very good defensively. They're going to be. It's going to be tough. Roland Story's been a highly ranked team all season long. That's who they match up with tonight. They're they're very, very good. They're the, they're the number one seed in that district. Um, South Central Calhoun's the two seed. So uh, hopefully we get that game in tonight. Um, hopefully Webster City will still be able to host it with even though with no school today. But um, kind of looking forward to that one. That one should be really, really. 
good. I think the Titans got a really good chance to come through tonight. Yeah, you got to have that threat on the inside to open up those outside yep. shooters and vice versa. So Coon Rapids Baird, you talked about them throughout the season, kind of really developing that three that three outlets for scoring for Coon Rapids Baird, and that's translated into a lot of wins. It has, and they've developed a fourth. Easton Hayes all of a sudden uh, becoming a scorer here uh, as of late. Early in the season, he was more of a distributor and stuff, but as of mm-hmm. late, nah, he's been a guy that's been able to get to the rim and put some points on the board. But uh, defense is what, what starts it for them. Corey Meyer, a, a great defensive coach. Um, the, the one thing that you hear from teams that play them and coaches that play against them is their effort, especially on the defensive end. They are going to go out and give effort all the time. They're going to lock you down man-to-man. They're going to hold you well below what your season average is going to be. Um, if you've got one or two guys that, that score a lot, they're, they're going to focus on those two guys and make somebody else beat them. Um, the great thing is, is since the break, they, they've been playing really, really good basketball on both ends of the floor. They've lost just one game here on the season, uh, and, and that was a, a game against Woodbine. They had to play them back-to-back nights. The bad thing was, was that, you know, they could have won the game that they lost, but they ended up missing some free throws and, and not, be, you know, not able to get those in. But man, they have they've been just been tearing things up. Lance Claber, Gabe Obert has really come on since he's gotten healthy. Tanner Oswald, of course, can stroke the three as well as anybody. And I love watching him dribble, penetrate, and then find an open guys on the mm-hmm. cut. Talked about Easton Hayes. Uh, you know, this is a team that just goes out. Uh, Raiden Doty, uh, a guy that I hadn't mentioned yet, does. A lot of the little things reminds me a little bit of Emma Anderson up there at South Central Calhoun, where just goes out and does a lot of the little things that don't always show up in the scorebook. So West Harrison tonight, uh, Ooh, break down good. that game. Huh. West Harrison's really good. Um, Coon's going to have to be really, really good defensively uh, here tonight. Um, West Harrison's—they've uh, got a King kid, Kevin, who's a terrific shooter. Uh, Mason King, excuse me, Kevin's up at South Central Calhoun, but uh, Mason King. Um, I did their game against West Harrison earlier this year. And I think he ended up with nine or ten three-pointers. Um, a Oof. tremendous shooter yeah. uh, from the outside, really quick. And what I like about his game is is that um, he'll get you thinking he's shooting the three, and then he is so quick and so strong getting to the rim that he'll be able to blow blow by you and, and score on the inside. He's got a nice mid-range game as well. Then they have the two Evans brothers, Sage and Colson, uh, outstanding scores. They're their two leading scores uh, on the season, and they distribute the basketball well. That's a, that's a team that will try to put 80 on the board on you, and they've got the capability of doing it. So this is going to be a true test. Now, um, the Crusaders have, have battled them a couple of times this year in the conference and played them well, So, but uh, they're probably going to have to play their best game, capable of doing it, but are going to have to play their best game tonight to continue on. They know each other well. They do. <laughs> Rolling Valley Conference, seen each other a lot over the years. Yeah. Glenwood and Carroll has developed a nice little rivalry in the postseason. They, they, they wound up playing each other a lot. And this time, Carroll High gets them at home in boys basketball playoff. Opening round for Class 3A. Carroll Tigers looked really good. They did. I, I was really impressed with their defense last night. Caden Johnson came in averaging 19. Ended up with 9. All 9 of those coming in the second half. Uh, Caleb Booth locked him down. But it wasn't just Caleb. Um, they set a ton of screen for that young man up top when he's got the basketball. Tigers did a great job of doubling him off of the screen and then, as you know, John, the screener a lot of times will roll to the basket yep. and if you double him, that, 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 that pass is usually there. Kill did a tremendous job of jumping the screener as well, taking that screen and roll part of the game away and then maybe four or five times throughout the game they didn't do it, but there was the help then on the guy that helps help. So they were able to take away that cut to the basket as well. So defensive they were absolutely fantastic. They came into the game against a team that 
rebounding-wise had averaged more rebounds per game than Carroll had. Carroll won the rebounding battle last night. Um, Glenwood took Caleb Booth out of the game offensively. He had one made basket last night. Uh, a few free throws after that finished up with six. Um, but they didn't need him. Nick Mackey came out, scored 21, mm-hmm. was hot early, uh, did a great job of getting to the rim. Carroll won that game last night, making two three-point shots. Um, That's you know, uncarol-like. It is, absolutely. So they did a great job getting to the rim. Evan Hammer was huge early. Caden Cook does what he does. I, I say that all the time because he just plays with a motor that doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gus Collison came off the bench last night, finished up 14 points, had a team-high six rebounds. Um, kind of joked a, a little bit last night. Evan Hammer ended up with five rebounds in the game, but he touched almost every rebound when he was in there. I called him last <laughs> night the Dennis Rodman of the Carroll Tigers because he was that guy that just kept going up and tipping it and tipping it. Yep. And a lot of times he'd end up tipping it to a teammate who ended up getting credited for the rebound, but it was because of the hustle of Evan Hammer keeping that ball alive. There is nothing like bench points. No. That you can, you know, yes. And, and you, sometimes you can't count on those. Yep. So when you get a great performance coming off the bench, that's that's certainly something that's going to put you ahead in the playoffs. So what does Carroll High have to look forward to? They've got Bishop Heelan coming up Thursday night up at Heelan. Um, they've got some size. They play in a 4A conference, so they're certainly going to be tested. It's a good ball club. I know Coach Beeson told me last night they've got two or three really good players. So Carroll going to be challenged, but the schedule that Carroll has played this year certainly is going to have them prepared. And with the way they're playing right now, they're, they've won six straight. They're going to be capable of making a run to the state tournament. Kind of unusual that Carroll did not run into Heelan's at points this year. It's going to kind of picked up that, hey, we're going to play Heelan on a fairly consistent basis. Kemper did, I know that. Yes. Yeah. But not Carroll High this year. Yeah, Carroll hasn't played them, I don't think, for a couple of years after playing them a lot there for a while. Uh, they've kind of rekindled that rivalry. Rivalry a little bit in the mm-hmm. non-conference with Harlan, um, which has been really, really fun. And Harlan, uh, another team in that uh, region who advanced on as well. All right, so that's uh, kind of setting up a very interesting night. Once again, the weather is going to play a little bit of a factor here, and we'll see. Coming up yet this afternoon, Jeff, you're going to be on here for the next couple of hours, so we'll keep track of all the announcements for you. Go to 1380kcim.com if you want to get that, or the mobile app as well. And I know we're already over. I just want to throw this out. Tyler Bruner and I are catching a recap interviews with all of our winter sports coaches. We're just starting to set some of those up now. I got Eric Noggle earlier this morning. I'll get that podcasted here to the website in a little while. I've got to uh, Darren Miller from Audubon coming up here shortly after the show. Got another one shortly after that. So we'll get all of those interviews with all the basketball wrestling and, of course, Deb Danner here, hopefully within this week and early part of next week. So look for all those interviews coming up. So Eric is done with football. He's done with wrestling. Yeah. What's up next? For, is, he, is he doing anything with track or weights? Or uh, he, I, he won't do anything with track or anything, I don't think, but uh, he'll still be involved. He, you know, he, he's, he never really stops working. No. I, I did catch him in a moment today where he was just kind of laying around relaxing because school was, you know, a couple hour late start. So I did ask him, did I wake you this morning? He goes, no, I've been up. Yeah, yeah he'll always be up and thing. But yeah, yep. just a, a rare moment for a sit back and go, ah, I don't have to be anywhere right now. No. So. Very, yeah. very welcome for that. All right, that is KCIM Sports Rewind for this week. Don't forget, catch a podcast available on the, on the website and through the mobile app as well. 